This is your video cast for Thursday, February 25th. As Derek Kessinger and I are back in the DirtOnDirt.com and Flow Racing Studios for the first time since early January. We, Derek, we had the longest Arizona trip ever. We had the longest Speed Weeks trip ever, of which Derek claims we produced more content during Speed Weeks than ever. Is that true? Lock of the century. No That's doubt. true? Did you count it or you just know? I you mean, how much know? extra flow stuff we added in there with That's like Shane point. Clayton, Rick point. Eckert saying he might and wants to run the Summer Nationals. So yeah, I like that you pulled, we had plenty of content. You pulled that headline out of there. Derek caught up with Kyle Larson earlier this week as he and Turbo We're grilled now. him. I don't think you're besties. I think that's a little strong. We've hashed it out. You've hashed it out. Okay. And finally, here we are back in the studio video casting again, which will be pretty regular during the spring. Uh, before we get into the heart of the season, uh, we're, we're going to do a lot more of this, right? A lot of video casting is we're not at the racetrack as much. Weather's kind of affecting things. And I have to start by saying this. My internal clock, Derek, is a little bit thrown off by the fact that we have been home from Florida now 10 days, Derek, a little over 10 days, and it is still the month of February. That, that normally does not happen as Speed Weeks ended earlier than it ever has this year, which is why I want to step it up and crank out a ton of content here in the next five to six weeks. You know, you're going to have rainouts. They have Derek and, and Derek and I sort of guiding you through the industry and the sport here in the next five or six weeks. Uh, Suave, can you believe it, it, it? We've been back. How long have you been back now? Did you get back Saturday night? The uh, Sunday morning, 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Wow. Okay. Thanks to Peters. Thanks to Jeremy Peters, who drove you back. Uh, it's it's hard to believe it's only February 25th. There was years at Volusia, Derek, we didn't get done. I think we were still there. <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, but right, I wanted to start with this today. Rather than looking ahead, I want to start by looking back. And if you've been in the office with Derek all week like I have, he has been on a rant about something the past few days in the office. Past two weeks about now. Okay, well, the past two weeks, but really since I've been, because you took the week after Speed Weeks off, you've been in the office just ranting about this for two weeks. He has been laser-focused on something. Derek is mad at someone, and that someone that Derek is mad at is DirtOnDirt.com. Suave, you're upset about the top 25. I mean, Tell us why you're mad. And McCarty, go ahead and put it up because I just I can't take this. One guy anymore. that we're about to have on is a voter, so he can may potentially defend himself. But, I mean, do these guys have blinders on? <laughs> okay, why? What's wrong with First it? First and foremost, this is the most absurd one. How the hell do people have Devin Moran ahead of Tyler Herb? How does a guy with less wins and a worse average finish per start Ahead of Tyler Herb. That's a good question. I can see the argument with Brandon Overton. He's been so consistent. Domination from last year to this year. You kind of project a little bit going into the future what he's going to do. I can get that. Okay. But Devin Moraine over Tyler Herb is a crime. <laughs> I don't care I've been who listening you to are. this all week, people. Continue. continue. And also, apparently wins don't count anymore. Why do you say that? <laughs> the guy ranked number nine has three wins. There's guys ahead of him that don't even have wins. Number eight sure. or number nine? Well, number uh, both, right? Number Je number eight. Oh, yeah, number eight. I, th I think he should be six range. Not like that much drastically, but apparently if we're not going to count wins anymore, he has three. Is there anything else about the top 15? that He's been ranting about this for two weeks that he's upset about. What else, Suave? Nah, Shirley's 15th. We're good. What we're about, good. What about <laughs> I thought you had a little issue, Bobby Pierce being ahead of a few people, right? Well, go back, D-Mac, go back, go back. Bobby Pierce, you didn't I like, I mean, if you right? look at Bobby Pierce's average finish, it is right up there at par with Jonathan Davenport. I know Bobby was Prince Pierce at uh, Volusia there, but he had a couple DNFs at, still at Volusia. He wasn't so hot in Arizona. I understand our voters are like, oh, man, he was great this past week. But I think 
The voting was from Arizona and Florida. Correct. It's the entire season so far. So, yeah. I'm just saying three wins. And he came in, just so you guys know, Monday, firing the door. The double doors popped open. McCarty, show real quick. No problem with Overton. McCarty, show the overhead shot real quick of, of like this shot so I can see the Fairbury door over here. See these double doors over here? He's thinking about it. These double doors just absolutely – can I get it or no? No. <laughs> there it is right there. Good job, McCarty. These double doors over here. Derek literally burst through those on Monday to start complaining about the top 25. I haven't seen him in a week, and he starts bitching about it. All right, McCarty, <laughs> now we can get back to 16 through 25. There's 1 through 15 again. Did you have any issues here, Derek, while you're while No, you're I'm glad Stormy Scott got a boat. He got 25th, got a big win, national touring win. Other than that, you can just throw anybody from 20 on 20, wow. 20 through 25. But wow. congrats to the guy that made it. Kyle Larson got a vote. It's one for one of the year. He's also a swap talk guest. So. Oh, God. Now, he goes, by the way, Kyle, see me on screen here real quick, McCarty, because I'm going to talk to Kyle Larson because I know he watches all of our stuff as I throw my pen down. Don't buy into this from Derek, okay? Derek, after this interview the other day, he kind of comes in. He's all That's excited, a, right? He's, oh, I talked to Larson. Him and I are pretty much best friends now. <laughs> Kyle, behind the scenes, he still does not believe, okay? I want you to know this. He said, I am the only true believer. He actually he, put on his website guest of swapped on swapped <laughs> so it's one of his accolades now so that's pretty cool i'm sure he ranks that right near the top <laughs> i wanted to put a bow on some other speed week stuff of course our great andy savory who is our our resident statistician had some good nuggets when speed weeks was over and, and dmac let's run through those again really quick you mentioned jonathan davenport Derek. he registered a single top five in nine starts that is his least since 2014 and he only ran three races since 2014 also for the first time since 2015 no driver won a feature starting from 10th or worse i said it leave this up for a second dustin i said it when we were down there the racing this year nah, it was fine not spectacular Derek. what, is, what do you make of these two we uh, had the two guys starting from ninth richards and stormy scott at east bay but like you and said that was on the day the east bay track wasn't very yeah good. so they somehow some way right they passed cars yeah the jd thing is kind of crazy but you know what Still three wins. I'm so mad about that. But, yeah, just like you said, the racing just wasn't as great as we're used to seeing. Pound for pound, the best racing throughout the entire of all the Speed Weeks tracks was probably Ocala. And which so. is bizarre, which is not known for the best racing down there. Next up on the list, Dustin, we've got this busy stretch. 11 drivers entered all 16 Speed Weeks events. That is a lot of guys. And I'd actually love to know how many of those guys – well, actually, none of them could have done Florida also because uh, Volusia 1.0 was tied to Arizona. But how many guys – including Arizona and uh, non-Volusia 1.0. There was, there was a large group of those guys, too. And, Derek, your boy, Brandon Shepard, this year, $26,200 in features. Last year, he had 63800 Is he officially no longer in the Swab Talk stable, or is he still there? You're still supporting him. Times or tough, they're going to have to start rationing food. But, <laughs> yeah. no, he's – I don't care who you are. He's still going to win close to 25 to 30 races. He'll he's, be fine. But – we had a team meeting, not going to say it was behind closed doors. He's ready to go coming out uh, after the break You're here. You're not so. going to say it was behind closed doors or it was, in fact? It was behind, behind closed doors, but I'm not going to say the details. Okay, okay, thank you. And finally, this statistic from Tyler Bruning, which I like. Uh, Tyler Bruning's a guy I think is going to have a solid year. Uh, perfect attendance paid off with 14 feature starts and 16 attempts. Derek, he'd only ever entered 19 career feature appearances made. in his Speed Week's career. Excuse me, yeah, made only 19 career feature appearances in his career. So he almost did in one year what he had done in his entire career. Tyler Bruning, I think, is going to have a good year. Yeah, and he has a choice here coming up. Is he going to run Lucas or is he going to run Outlaws? And right now he's sitting, I think, third or fourth right now. in the. I think at fourth in the world of Outlaw points. So... 
He's in a good position. He's got Shane Clayton teaching him all the tricks of the trade. So I think he's going to be ready for this points racing season. Joshua Joyner is one of our Dirt on Dirt Dirt on Dirt.com staff members. He's an awesome writer. He's also a Florida native and a guy who I wanted to talk to about his thoughts on the early part of the season. Joshua joins Derek and I now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Joshua, we've navigated through January and February. We are approaching March. If I were just to say to you, Joshua Joyner, hey, it's almost March. What do you think about dirt late model racing right now at this early point in the season, Joshua? What would you say? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me right now is just how wide open everything is as far as the national tours go and the expected series regulars. Um, I think Derek kind of talked about it, but you have rumors of guys switching tours, questions about whether or not certain guys will stick with, with tours for the first time, and rumors of guys dropping off tours. Um, I'm certainly not advocating for either series to lose drivers one way or another, but when you were so used to leaving speed weeks with a pretty good idea of who's on which tour and who the legit title contenders are going to be, I think the way things have kind of played out this year, um, it's refreshing to have some uncertainty and that uh, could, I think, shake things up both on the both national tours and perhaps even at the regional level, depending on what some guys um, decide to do. Um, of course, everyone's wondering what Brandon Overton is going to do um, as he comes out of Florida leading Lucas Oil points. But beyond that, I look at a guy like Kyle Bronson sitting second in World Outlaws points with no clear dominant driver on that tour, at least not yet. Um, you know, why can't he switch things up and chase the Outlaws title? Or uh, we mentioned Tyler Bruning sitting fourth. I'm not saying he could be a title contender on the Outlaws, but he's certainly in better shape there than he is sitting 18th in Lucas Oil points. I just think the fact that guys have options this late in the season is good for drivers and it keeps things pretty fresh uh, for the fans as well. I want to hit on something Joshua said there before we get to our next topic. I I think I am sensing more uncertainty and just uneasiness across the industry right now, Derek, than I have felt in a long time. Uh, Series folks, drivers, industry people, advertisers. I think Joshua, you're hitting on something. Does it feel kind of that way to you too? Like, People are almost uneasy because nobody knows where anybody's going. Nobody knows what anybody's doing. It does make for some excitement, but I'm just sensing a lot of tense folks out there right now across the industry. Yeah, I think I think you're you're right on. I think it's it's some tension, but I also think anytime there's some uncertainty and uh, you know perhaps chaos and to some degree, there's also opportunity there. Yeah. And I think drivers can kind of sense that that hey, I'm I'm you know there's this opportunity to go after these big money races that are popping up. There's this opportunity to chase this other national tour or, or, or to race locally or regionally where there's more opportunity to win races and, and, and have a good year. Um, I think, you know, you can look at it two ways. Certainly there's uncertainty, but there's also, I mean, you know, perhaps opportunity there for, especially for drivers, you know, looking at it from their standpoint, um, I think, you know, to go out and make money and win races. Joshua, while in Speed Weeks, we talked a ton about parity. We hammered parity every single night on the drive home. There were 16 Speed Weeks races. In those 16 races, 13 different guys won a race. You know, we t- we've talked a ton about Brandon Shepard and his struggles. I don't really want to rehash that and those things with you. Give me some things that aren't those parity things. We talked a ton about that. You know, we talked a ton about Brandon Shepard struggling. We- we've really put those to bed. Give me some other things that, that maybe we should be do we do need to be talking about after speed weeks, I should say. I just keep leaning back to the, you know, you say you talk about the uncertainty, but out of that uncertainty, someone you would think has to kind of rise. like, like we usually see rise above the, the, you know, to, to stand out in the, in the field um, against, you know, all this kind of uncertainty and inconsistency of a many drivers, who's going to be the first one to kind of 
really hit and really find something. Cause I, that's what I feel like when I see so many guys being up and down. Uh, you look at Jonathan Davenport, how well he did in Arizona, and comes to Florida and struggles. Er, uh, Tyler Herb, I mean, yeah, he had you know some wins, looked really good, but when he wasn't good, he 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 was bad, um, to be honest. And there's a lot of guys. There was no clear dominant driver who was really on their game. And who's going to me? The question is, who's going to be the first to find that? You know, if you're a guy like Brandon Shepard, when you're kind of you know off your game, there's you know no, the fact that no one else was is a chance that you know you can you have more opportunity to bounce back sooner. Um, or if you're a guy like uh, McCready, then McCready who had some bad luck. You know, there's a lot of guys out there who have the opportunity to bounce back, and once they hit their rhythm and find their, you know, get on their game, perhaps have a really good year. This is uh, this was Derek Kessinger's idea, Swap. So I got to give you full credit for this. We're gonna play a little game of buy, sell, and hold post speed weeks. Who are you buying? Who are you selling? Who are you holding? So pretend this is a stock market asset. Derek, by the way, fantastic idea here, Swab. I was This is very impressive. You know what? I got great ideas sometimes. So <laughs> but. so Joshua, let's start with this buying. Who, whose stock are you buying after Speed Weeks? Oh, oh man. Let me, let me start with saying that I'm no expert when it comes to the stock market. Someone said I should buy some Bitcoin and GameStop. Dogecoin. Uh, I think I may have missed the boat on that. You did. You did. You missed it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, seriously. I think the, uh, the, the no-brainer here, I kind of hit hinted, hinted at it, is if you missed the boat on buying stock on Brandon Shepard ever at any point, now's the time to buy. Uh, I think I'm with Derek. He's going to bounce back. Um, you know, if his stock's down a little bit because of uh, the, the lackluster speed weeks, you know, he's still probably going to come back and have a good year. But if I'm, I, I feel like anyway, but if I'm, I'm looking to buy a low cost stock with a lot of upside and potential, um, I would look at someone like Georgia driver, John Baker, a uh, 24 year old, had an up and down performance in his first ever speed weeks trip. But he, considering he only ran a handful of super late model races before that trip, I think he showed a lot of potential with a, a few solid runs there. Uh, I think a sixth place at Volusia. He had a top five going at East Bay. Um, for dropping back. Um, I think someone like him, with he's got resources behind him, someone looking long-term, is certainly someone with some some upside that I would buy some stock in. Who are you selling, Joshua? Whose stock are you saying, you know what, eh, I'm going to move on from this. Who you got? Okay. I may regret saying this, but I, I think if you held on to Jimmy Owen's stock during his down years, or if you bought it you know, bought during his 2020 resurgence, I think now is a good time to go ahead and cash out. Wow. I'm by no means. I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm not saying that Jimmy Owens won't win more big races or contend for another Lucas Oil title. I just don't think he's going to have another year like he did last year. I think if he prepares to, you know, turn 50 next year, and you have to wonder, was last year kind of a peak and more of a, um, you know, kind of a, a – flash in the pan or is you know is he going to be able to sustain that and i just don't think he's going to have another year like he did last year so if i still had stock in him i think now they'll lot still kind of high it'd be a good time to do it Woo! how about that Derek? Derek, your thoughts on him selling jimmy owen stock which i disagree with by the way your i mean thoughts. it's at all-time high i've known some people in the area that sold their dogecoin <laughs> too early so maybe this could be a thing but i don't know the way you looked at speed weeks i know in the past you struggled during uh florida but he looked out to launch a lot of the races, so I'm not disagreeing with it. But, again, he's a Hall of Famer. You could be wrong, Joshua. Uh, I, I, <laughs> James Essex, I, I. Uh, and finally, Joshua, <laughs> whose stock are you holding? Not, not quite ready to buy or sell on at this point. Uh, I would hold on, on Shane Clanton. I want to see, you know, kind of how things go for him. Obviously, he's been through a lot um, with his, his COVID battle, um, supporting his wife, Michelle, through her cancer treatment. You know, but after talking to him during speed weeks and seeing his performance, obviously Ocala winning there was a long time coming for him. 
But I think he's still capable of winning a lot of races. Um, it'll obviously be tough for him to contend for a title if he does stick with one of the national tours. But he's a guy, if, you, if, if he were, and I actually talked to some of his crew guys about this, if, you know, he's already kind of talked about it. If he does drop off a, one of the tours, there's a lot of potential out there for him to go across the southeast and win a lot of races, hit the big races where he knows he's good. He can choose what works for him and with his, you know, personal things going on. You know, he's still someone who could really win a lot of races and uh, make some noise, even if the national touring deal is not going so well for him. Joshua, you are from Florida. Excellent job on buy, sell, hold, by the way. Uh, do do Floridians view Speed Weeks? I know you're from northern Florida, so maybe it's a little different, but do Floridians view Speed Weeks any different than us Midwesterners and Northeasterners do? Is it just another February for you? I don't know that I've ever actually asked anyone from Florida how they view Speed Weeks. How do you guys view it? Well, yeah, first of all, yeah, I'm, I don't think a lot of people realize how big Florida is, or at least how spread out <laughs> right, it is, and, right. and where I'm from in Florida, yeah, I, where I'm from in Florida, it is uh, eight hours to East Bay, and six <laughs> hours to um, to Volusia, uh... and of course, when I was growing up, you know, back back in the day, we didn't have, uh, Ocala wasn't, you know, Bubba wasn't on the radar for Speed Weeks, and neither was Alltech, or even North Florida that I remember, and those tracks are a little closer to the Panhandle, um, by the way, anyone, the Panhandle, we, we, say we're more like LA than we are Florida. Of course, <laughs> LA being lower Alabama. But, um, right. but, but, if, but since about five, I think it's five years ago, my wife and I moved to Jacksonville over here. Um, we're 45 minutes away from, uh, from Golden Isles. I think uh, Volusia, Alltech, and Ocala are all within two hours. And of course, East Bay is a little over three. So I do feel more like a local, so to speak. Um, and I'm going to be honest, when, when it comes for me, when it comes to speed weeks and this time of year, I decided if I go to a race or not based on the weather. Um, wow, I, fair I, weather. You know, us Floridians, if it, <laughs> it's under 50 degrees, we're in hibernation mode. Um, and we do get some cool weather, as people find out when they come down here for speed weeks for the first time. There can be some cool weather. Um, but when the weather's nice, yeah, it, it's awesome. There's a smorgasbord of, of racing, whether, you know, obviously all that are late model races, but there's just all kinds of racing in this area from the uh, midgets, the sprint cars, obviously, asphalt racing. Um, really it's like any night you can go somewhere and watch a race. Um, and even my local go-kart track had some mini sprints. I was going to go down there, I think one weekend at speed weeks, but of course it ended up being cool. So I stayed home, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, being, being here and being so much during this time of year, but also it not being overwhelming by being all year, you know, you kind of get in, we get in our racing fix in, in January and February, and then things kind of quiet back down. And, and so you got to make, make, uh, make it last way you can there during that time. Brandon Overton and Kyle Strickler are both leading national tour points right now. Will both guys win the tour they're running? Will neither win the tour they're running? Can you tell us what's going to happen with Overton and Strickler? So in Monday's fast talk, I went out on a limb and predicted that Overton would end up sticking with the Lucas Oil Tour and would uh, and would win the series title. Of course, later that day, I spoke with him uh, on the phone. I was interviewing him for the Mike Head appreciation piece that I did. Uh, and he confirmed that, nope, he's planning to skip the Lucas Oil races uh, <laughs> at Atomic and Brownstown to go to Bristol. So less than a couple hours after making that prediction, you know, he kind of shot me down there. But he did he did leave the door open, saying that he still had some things to talk over with David Wells and Carl Honor, um, and that, you know, they may change their mind. But as of now, and of course, weather, who knows what's going to happen. Um, with those races and, and uh, weather or schedule changes or whatnot. But I will say that if Brandon Overton sticks with the Lucas Oil Tour, I'll go ahead and predict that he wins the championship. Um, like I said, it's up to whether or not he actually sticks with the tour. Uh, as far as Strickler, and that's, that's 
hard to say how he'll do. I certainly think he's in better position uh, on the Outlaws tour than than he after how, how he struggled on the Lucas side of Speed Weeks. Um, but it's hard to see him maintaining uh, that kind of consistency needed to win the Outlaws title. I don't think he. I mean, he has a chance, of course. Things could you know kind of go his way, and if some other guys like Shepard struggle, but I, I don't ultimately see him winning the title. Derek, do you agree or disagree with his two assessments? I think Brandon Overton will do other things like he has been the last couple of years. I don't think he'll run a series. He ain't going to skip Bristol 50 grand if they both happen, but never know with Mother Nature. But I agree with Joshua on that one. I, a lot of people are doubting Kyle Strickler that he ain't going to be able to win it, but it's Brandon Shepard and the, B, and the Rocket One team. So it's going to be very tough. You have to be consistent all year long. You're basically going to have to get top five every race but one to beat him. So it's going to be very tough. I don't think either of them Neither win. guy. Yep, neither, neither guy. guy. I think Overton, forget any other. Overton's just not a series guy at this moment, I don't think. He just doesn't. That's not in his DNA right now, I don't think. And I just don't think. And listen, I've been saying it about Strickler for uh, three weeks. He, he can't win a points championship right now. What do you think? What do you think about that? He, I mean, he likes to get on the elbows <laughs> up. So, But J.D., wasn't points racing material sure. ready in 2015. They kept running and winning, and I could see it maybe a scenario like that where they're like, you know, we're winning this thing. But no, yeah, I'm, I, I also right love, now, no. I love Strickler, by the way. Don't you know? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> ribbing him a little bit. Joshua, last question. There are 16 races, which it has to be a record. I didn't even check because I'm certain of it. 16 races that pay over 10 grand, 10 grand or more in March. That has never happened in our sport. I'm certain of it. Is that a sign of things to come forever? Is it just a temporary boom? You know, your brother's a racer. You're in a racing family. I thought maybe you had some interesting insight or perhaps some other thoughts on this, but is, I just kind of want to know what you think about that because this is a march unlike any other in our sport. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a tough question. Is it, you know, is it a trend or is it just kind of the way things are, are, are playing out right now? I would like to think that, you know, that's a trend of things to come forever. But, yeah, you know, of course. of course, we all know how the, the, the economy can be. Um, you know, things are looking great right now with more money on the table. Um, you know, and the only thing I know to do is just enjoy it while it lasts and hope it lasts <laughs> a long time, perhaps forever. <laughs> but, you know, I, I tell you the, the plethora of good paying races these days makes it a lot easier for more drivers uh, to make money in the sport. And, you know, not necessarily having to follow a national tour. I'll be talking about with Brandon Overton. Um, you know, I can see why an independent schedule, um, you know, of the national events that are appealing that work, you know, for their, your, your, personal livestock is following a national tour is tough on, 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 um, on racers, crews, their families. So I can see why it's for someone like him, perhaps Shane Clanton with all he's got going on and for perhaps Jonathan Davenport, when he sees other opportunities to make money at other races, you know, that, that stands out as, as appealing. So that's where I think that uncertainty comes from with all that money on the table that we talked about earlier. But I like the fact that this, you know, this, the economy and the way things are going seems to be trickling down to the regional level and, and things to be going, going good also for uh, a lot of local tracks, at least down here across the deep south uh, near me. Every time I look on social media, it seems like another track is reopening or planning major events or, and or making upgrades. I see tracks like Outlaw Speedway over in South Mississippi opening up, Deep South Speedway and Tri-County Speedway, a couple of my hometown or tracks close to my hometown in uh, southern Alabama area. Uh, both making major upgrades, and then I see Needmore Speedway in Georgia planning a big year and has a couple of big events coming up. There's a lot of good things going on, a lot of good signs at all levels of the sport, and I think as a racer, you just you love to see that because there's more opportunity to go and more races to go to and make a name for yourself. 
win some money, and um, just just good for everybody, good for the fans as well. I gotta say too, Joshua, and I mean this. Leave this photo of him up there. Look at these. Look at Joshua. This blue you got eyes. Beautiful blue eyes. I'm saying this photo of Joshua. Yeah, me and you, the phone blue eye bandits. Like, he's a good looking yeah. guy here, Suave. Maybe Woo. you know you're. you're I mean, have you? You're single-ish. Maybe Joshua could be your wingman one night. You what do I always call his wife? A stone cold fox. Derek does so. try. Derek does try to hit twins? on your wife virtually so every chance he gets. She knows what's up. So what was that? Joshua looks are they twins? Like yeah. if you truly like hone in on their face, they kind of look like each other. Derek Kessinger and Joshua Joyner look like each other. I think, I think Joshua is probably. Can I be part of that? that. <laughs> I'll be a brother. I'll be a Joyner brother. I'll be part of Hunt the Front. You know. <laughs> Oh, uh, the, the fourth, <laughs> the fourth joiner brother is Derek. How do you, how does your run that by your family, Joshua? Before we commit to that, okay. I'll, I'll check, I'll check in with them and see what they think. We'll uh, make them an honorary member. All right, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Have a good day, okay. See ya. All right, we're gonna step away and take a quick uh, set of commercial breaks. We'll be back after this with a lot more to go on this video cast. Tyler Herb is best on the first race of the year, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Tyler Herb dominant in night number two of the Winter Nationals. He picks up his third victory of the season. For the 38th time in his career, for the second straight night, and the 39th time in his career, for the third straight night, Brandon Shepard will make history at the 48th Annual Dirt Car Nationals. He wins all four World of Outlaws events. Did you know, Derek Kessinger, that Baum Chevy Buick is Central Illinois' number one dealer and has been family-owned and operated since 1928? A hundred years, nearly. And I'm not just saying this. I say this every time, and I mean it from, from my bones. They are literally the nicest people in the car and truck game I've ever met. Do not forget, if you purchase a vehicle from Bomb, you receive a lifetime subscription. So we have now cashed in seven vehicles for Bomb. Seven. Seven people have bought cars, and I think you might be in the market for a new car. So where will you go next time you need one? I'll go to Bomb Chevrolet Buick. <laughs> we need to rehearse that better next time. Derek, let's do it again. Derek, where will you go next time you need a car? Bomb Chevrolet and Buick. <laughs> the DMAC, you give it a sh shot. DMAC, what about you? The next time you go to get a car, Dustin, where will you go? Bomb Chevy Buick, yeah. located in Clinton, Illinois. That now see, Derek, that was good. Yeah, there we he go. gave the address or he gave the, the town and everything. So anyway, Bomb Chevy Buick, you receive a lifetime subscription to DOD and Flow Racing when you buy a car there. Please check that out. This weekend, uh, we do have a few good races on the calendar. We were supposed to have a few more, actually. The Toilet Bowl at Clarksville was supposed to be this Ugh. weekend. 
Derek scoffs at the postponement. It's been postponed until two weeks, right, Derek? Yep. March 12th and 13th. Uh, but throw that up there, DMAC. We've also got the Modoc Extreme Finale this weekend for $7,000 to win at Modoc, South Carolina. Chris Madden looking to wrap up. Chris Madden wins this race, right, Derek? It's the Chris Madden Tour. He's so. looking to wrap up the Tyler Bachman Extreme Series presented by <laughs> Drydean uh, this weekend in Modoc, South Carolina. 7000 to win. You can watch that broadcast uh, at our good friends from Dirt Vision, you can you can watch that. By the way, Derek, uh, we can cover this in a couple weeks, but I want to go ahead and do it now. When I say toilet bowl, Derek, the race, you think of what? The one of the most absurd trophies <laughs> in all of uh, racing. Fun fact: Brian Shirley took his actual. Well, anyway, long story short, is that uh, the t- uh, trophy you get is actual toilet. Mm-hmm. No, obviously. Brian Shirley put his in his race shop. So every time you go to the bathroom there, you go in there and it says, you know, 2008 Chili Bowl champion, or not Chili Bowl, Toilet Bowl champion. So it's a pretty cool trophy. You can get a new toilet out of it. But, yeah, we'll see it in two weeks, the winner is. Yeah, it, when I think of the Toilet Bowl, I think of Clarksville. And it probably would have been this way this weekend if they didn't cancel William and Scoggin and those guys down there. It's always It has always rained and been snowy for, like, the three weeks leading up to the Toilet Bowl, Derek. Then you get there, and it's that it's the reddest clay you've ever seen in your life. It's really wet. Sometimes there's frost on it. There's mud that's been tracked everywhere. It's kind of a mess. They race a ton of classes, and it's just the toilet bowl, right? It's like I, I feel like everything I just said about it, no matter when it is every year, those are the things you're going to see at the toilet bowl. Sounds fun to me. Let's go. But yeah, <laughs> like, I will send you in two weeks if you're uh, interested. You're the video director, so oh, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> Uh, as we sit here today, we are officially one month out, one month from our first ever Flow Racing Night in America event, our midweek series, 10 races this year, that kicks off at 411 Motor Speedway. We released this past week some more details about everything that goes along with that series. Like I said, it's a 10 race, really what I would call a mini series across America. So, Suave, I wanted to hit, I know a ton of drivers watch our video cast. I wanted to hit that stuff one more time of, of the, the, the details that we released this week, starting with that points fund, Suave. $20,000 to win points fund. Only your top seven races will count towards this. And, of course, uh, if we don't get all 10 in, we'll, we'll adjust for that. But 20000 for first, 10000 for 10th. Derek, not too shabby. $62,500 total for a 10-race series. Uh, not bad at all. You race seven times. Maybe a little guy shocks the world, gets hot there, a little March Madness. And $20,000 is pretty good. You're not going to see that in many series where you only – Take your seven best races. Yeah, and a huge thanks to, by the way, to our Castrol Flow Racing Night in America. I cannot thank Castrol enough. Um, they have come on board in a big way to make this happen for us. Just an idea that I've had for a decade. Let's just do 10 races. We're never going to do a national tour. That is not who we are. We are not Lucas. We are not the Outlaws. Those tours are both very important, and I believe that in my heart. This is just a fun 10-race tour, in essence, for Derek and I, along with Castrol, to do a studio show. <laughs> That's the only reason. Uh, there's a couple of perks uh, that come with this, too. For instance, $500 nightly show-up money to the top eight in points. So starting week two at Tri-City, Castrol Flow Racing's Night in America, you get 500 bucks if you're in the top eight and you show up. And free entry, Derek, for everybody maintaining perfect attendance, starting with a second series event. So I'd like to thank six, seven, eight, nine guys by that race number two may have perfect attendance, I'm hoping. Yeah, and then maybe I could talk to Mark this week and we can get a me in a car. We can follow the series. I can get all the bonuses and all that cool stuff. Yeah, it's very great for drivers, especially you see these series that only have like five or six races. Obviously, we have 10. They just, you there, you go there and show up. But to get a show up points, 
or show up money, even five hundred dollars gets you up and down up and down the road. That's pretty cool. Some other small perks too. You get uh, two free Hoosier tires. Will be randomly drawn at every series event. We'll do that. Uh, Kelly Carlton, Matt Curl, our series directors, they'll hand that out. We'll do free two free Hoosiers every night and two hundred fifty dollars cash prizes. Not a ton of money, Derek, but it's enough fuel for some things. Takes your crew out to eat every night. Just some little prizes like that that we'll be giving away every night at the drivers' meeting. That. What does every racer say, Derek? Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps for these guys. They're busting their ass going up and down the road throughout the entire year. A little bit of money, like you said, to feed the crew, go to a Denny's, have some fun. So cannot wait for this. And I think what I like most about it is it brings back the charm of the midweek events, right? And not like Lucas and Outlaws and Summer Nationals and those guys don't have that. But, you know, we're, we're really mixing in the studio aspect of this. Derek and I will be in the studio every time we do a show. We'll have gambling lines. We're already working on what those shows are going to look like. Um I just love the idea that on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, we'll be sitting in here when folks are at home broadcasting to uh, to Americans, to uh, internationally, this this fun little late model deal that we've put together. Derek, what are you kind of most jacked up about for Castrol's Flow Racing Night in America? Who the hell is going to show up each and every night? That is very true, right? Especially yep. that first sign of 411. Who are the guys that are going to be supposedly running for this series? I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard the other day that Jared Hawkins is going to try and run yeah, What are our series? best rumors so far? That's a turbo rumor who is affiliate with us now at Dirt on he Dirt. Is. So Logan Jared, Roberson, I've heard. Yeah, maybe Jared Hawkins. Like guys like that just make it interesting. You're like, oh my gosh, if this guy can do some Cinderella magic, have seven hot runs, maybe gets a win, a couple top fives, and he wins $20,000. How badass would that be if you see guys like Jared Hawkins of the world win the points title? But uh it's going to be very unique. It's going to be very fun. I cannot wait for March 25th. Also, the cool vintage race shirts that we're going to be flaunting off during the show like we did last year. Some guys have reached out to us. They're going to give us some shirts to wear. And the one I'm wearing the first night, I'm very stoked. I have eight. One of three ever made of this guy's Ooh, shirt. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I've got so. some doozy retro bloomer shirts I'm wearing, and some other really random old school retro guys will wear that stuff as well. And you know, I mentioned the the studio stuff. We're gonna have ga- we're gonna have gambling lines every night. Derek and I are gonna gamble. We'll interact with people at home. We're not a sports book, so I can't legally take I can't legally take bets. Uh, we're gonna have, you know, driver guests who are not competing at the races. We'll Skype them in. Well, Brandon Shepard, Derek, he probably won't be at four eleven. Let's Skype him in that night and have him watch and see what he thinks about it. And the thing I think I'm most excited about we are shooting like hell to make these three-hour programs every night if you look at the schedule these are be quick shows right in out ben shelton who's basically the general manager of this tour has set up an amazing run of show Derek. three hours in and out no dilly dallying around this is not going to be some 12 10 8 9 10 hour show and they're midweek three hours is a window of a baseball game a football game nba basketball is close to three hours now just kind of the normal you see in professional sports. And people, if we want to be professional, for starting at 7 or 6, let's be done by 9 or 10. I, I could not agree more. And don't don't throw the graphic up yet, DMAC, but we do have a little bit of breaking news on, on the video today as well. A little bit of breaking news. The first race at 411 on March 25th, which is coming up exactly 28 days from today. Wait, what? Castrol, <laughs> Castrol is our primary sponsor on the tour. Castrol's been awesome to work with. Castrol was like, you know what? They, they reached out to us the other day and they said, we just want the first one to be really big, right? We, we want, what can we do? And we ran through some ideas. 
And this is the idea they settled on. The first race at 4.11, here's the complete schedule. The first race at 4.11, Derek will not pay 10000 to win. It is now a $20,000 to win race. By the way, we spent $20,000 through the entire purse when Castrol gave us an extra $20,000. The first race at 4.11 is now $20,000 to win. That is all courtesy of Castrol and our friends, obviously, and our family at Flow Racing. So you see the entire schedule there. 4.11, Tri-City, Tyler Atomic, another 20000 Brownstown, Marshalltown, which everybody's excited about. Toby Cruz's place. Josh's track in Florence. We take July and August off. Why? We respect the Summer Nationals, Derek. We respect the Lucas Oil midweek races. We respect the World of Outlaws midweek races. And the Crown Jewels. And the Crown Jewels. We respect that July, and really all of June, right? We're only racing June 2nd. June, July, and August, we are in essence off because we want to be good neighbors in the sport and respect other people. We are taking those months off. We come back in September and a couple at October. Who knows? I may own Volunteer by then. I got to call in. Maybe yeah, I'll buy Volunteer I was, was going to ask you about that. I may buy that place, but that first race at 411 will have more ink on it this week. $20,000 to win now at 411 is 20000 total gets spread through the field. So that's pretty exciting, Derek. I, I, it's, a, it's a good-looking schedule. Um, we'll never 10, 11 is the most races we're ever going to have. Um, you may twist my arm to 12, but that's it. This is what we're doing. Uh, we're not, we're not looking to be more than this. Yeah. Before you, you said maybe 12, the next 10 years from now, we'll like 50. No, I'm just kidding. No, but, uh, no, Michael, Michael Rigsby <laughs> will be dead before he has yeah, you 50 have two 20k to, to win races, one fifteen. the rest tens. There are places where most of them at, where other national races are going to be racing later that week. I mean, if you're a driver, this is heaven for you. Cannot wait. Thank you, Castro. It is important to me. Yes, thank you, Castro, so much for this. To acknowledge that I, I'm still super supportive, as I said, of the Outlaws and Lucas Oil. So in the spirit of that, Derek, I didn't just want to talk about the, the series that we're putting together. I'm going to get my stopwatch out. Okay, you ready? I got my stopwatch. And when I stopwatch, this I mean... each 90 I, seconds? I'm on phone. Each, each... No, you get 45, I get 45. Oh, okay. Why? Okay. Do you want 90? Oh, no, I, I didn't know what okay. it was. Okay, so here's what we're doing. We're going to talk about... I wanted to make sure we got the other tours to talk about. 90 seconds... We're going to hit Lucas Oil first, and we're going to talk about Lucas Oil. 90 seconds, we're going to talk about the Morton Buildings World of Outlaw series as well. So to be clear, do you want 45? I'll take 45, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, usually when anybody does these shows on all networks, it goes longer than <laughs> right. a lot of time. So. Right. I'm going to shoot for 90, and we'll see where it goes. All right, uh, DMAC, throw up the Lucas Oil logo first. Rick Schwally and the boys, we're talking about you first. Derek Kessinger, go. Is this the year we finally see the changing of the guard in the Lucas Oil series? Are the older guys finally bowing down to the young guys? Rigsby, when you think of Lucas Oil, who do you always think of? Owens, Bloomquist, Don O'Neill, Earl Pearson Jr. But guys like Turbo, Devin, and Hudson O'Neill are off to fast starts. And after today, when JD announced on his website they have entered the Bristol Dirt Nationals, which goes against Atomic and Brownstown, not saying he's going to commit to either, but there's a possibility he won't be there. Owens is in 15th. T-Mac is the true veteran. That's in the top five. I like that. That was about 40 seconds, by the way. So you left me some time. Uh, my thought is this about Lucas Oil. I think people are forgetting, and you know, I'm not usually, I'm usually a little more PC than this. I think people are forgetting in respect to both tours. The Lucas Oil Series is the premier dirt late model tour in America. It, it's, it's incentives, it's bonuses, everything. It is what I call always the heavyweight tour. The big boys have run it for a long time. 
it is done what they have done for our sport in the last 12 to 15 years. Is Listen, I'm not saying I've always agreed with every decision Lucas has ever made, but there's been a shit ton of respect back and forth between the two of us. And I'll say this. I think people are forgetting that right now, right? I think some people need to remember that. And what I mean by that is whether it's drivers or whoever, that this Lucas Oil thing is not going away. It's not going anywhere. The, the show-up money, the incentives, the bonuses, the package, this is still Lucas Oil. It is still the Lucas Oil late model dirt series. What I would argue is is likely maybe the most important tour in the history of dirt late model racing, Derek. That's all I'm going to say. It's very people, true. I, I'm going, you know what? I'm going to take an extra 10 seconds. Just remember that. I just want people to remember that. So Whether you're it's drivers, racetracks, everywhere. It's still Lucas Oil, man. Remember that. How do we do, Derek? I think we did pretty good, but also I want to use my five seconds I have left over. Only one person in their 20s has won the Lucas Oil title. That was Josh Richards. In 2017, at the age of 29. 29. But guess what? He's going to be the one stopping the youngins this year. Josh Richards is your 2021 Lucas Oil champion. Wow, this is a hot take segment. We're not. Well, this is that's not what we're doing that's right my, now. All right, okay, all right. All right that's let me my shake 45 it off. seconds. Let me shake it off for the World of Outlaws. We love the Outlaws too. All right, uh, Outlaw logo up there, DMac. The World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Tour. Suave, you go. Party like it's 2018 <laughs> when was the last time we saw a three-horse race duking it out for the World of Outlaws Championship. This year, you got Kyle Strickler, who has built a commanding early lead. He looked great at Volusia. He's switching series. Then you got Ricky Weiss. His one goal this season is to finish ahead of Team Rocket every single race. That's their one goal. And then you got Brandon Shepard. It's Sheppy in the blue one car. You know they will always be around until the very end. I think we're going to see an instant classic where we have three guys battling out all the way until the bitter end. But you know what? I'm sick and tired of it. Sheppy's going to win it again. But it'll be very interesting to see if somebody can stop that dynasty over there in Shinston, West Virginia. 45 seconds on the nose, Derek. Well done. Uh, I'm going to sort of take a spin off of Derek's take. No offense to anybody, this is not going to be interesting. This will not be close. Brandon Shepard's going to start rolling as soon as Speed Weeks is over, and he'll end up handily winning the championship, and all he's going to have to do is show up to Charlotte and win it. What? What is? What, what, who's missing this? Look at these point standings right now. Kyle Strickler, love Kyle, one of the most exciting drivers in the country. They don't have the team quite together yet, in my opinion, and Kyle's still got that aggressiveness in him. He wants to win every race, not points race. Kyle Bronson, I don't think is running the tour. Ricky Weiss. The most likely challenger. I don't think he's ready yet. Tyler Bruning, uh, no. Brandon Shepard's winning the points. What are we doing? What is this confusion about three-horse race? I'm going to throw this thing at you across the way. I'm telling you, it's going to be closer than the experts think. <sighs> Look, that was a minute. Lee Corso, that was 90 say. seconds on the nose. <laughs> Woo, that was good. I think we should do that more often. 90 seconds on the outlaws and 90 seconds on the late models. What do you think about, uh, am I crazy or not? Shepard's going to win this thing, right? I mean... That's so tough, Dad, to pick that he's going to win. But, <laughs> but he's going to win handily. Oh, Brandon Shepard is going to win. He's going to win handily. I mean, he usually wins by over 180 points, which they go by like one point per spot. It's absurd. Yeah. Absurd right. how good he is. We're going to get hit our last set of commercials break. We'll be back with some quick, quick take two. We will be back with some quick words from Chris Ferguson and our Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section back after this. When you start with the strongest Americans, do you? Artesian quality craftsmen do the work. What you end up with is just feel better than anything else you can get. 
sure they're the most dependable and most reliable drive shaft that you use. Not had any failures. They've been really durable and reliable. I've had nothing but uh, good things to say about them. We put up two new ones in at the beginning of the year, and we've gone about 2,500 laps. Really just kept rolling, hadn't had much issues. Been pretty nice. We just get a drive shaft and throw it in and forget about it. Basically, like I said, bolt it in and kind of forget about it. That department of my life has been simplified by QA1. By far the best drive shaft out there. They look just as good as the day we got them. Established in 1983, FK Rod Ends has been the industry leader for both midget and micro racing. Family owned and operated, we take pride in our products and our name because we know you value yours. Visit our website, www.fkrodends.com to find out how you can join our winning team. FK Rod Ends. To beat the best, you've got to use the best. This is something that I probably do not talk about enough, but a reminder that Flow Racing is without question at this point the largest motorsports platform in the United States, I think. Don't fact check that. No, I believe I believe that we are. If you if you're a Dirt on Dirt subscriber, you don't have to worry about it because you already get a free Flow account. Uh, but no joke, it's the most insane value in the entire sport. $150 for everything on Dirt on Dirt and Flow. I need to talk about it more. Over 1200 races live this year on Flow Racing, and then, of course, Dirt on Dirt, all the news and notes and highlights and breaking stories that come with that. Check it out, Flow Racing today. I do believe that, the number one motorsports provider in the United States. Derek, you had another good idea. This was your second good idea. You said, you know, we talked to all these people that have raced so much. Let's have a guy on for some quick questions who has not raced this year. And I agree. Let's get that perspective because we've talked to all these guys that have raced like 25 times. So Chris Ferguson is with us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Fergie, how weird is it, or I guess I should say maybe hard is it, that it seems like the entire Dirt Late Model world, bud, has been running for months, and you've sat it out. Is that a strange feeling, a hard feeling? What is that, Fergie? Uh, for me, it's pretty normal. You know, I <laughs> typically tend to miss East Bay, and, and I usually maybe tag Volusia the last couple of nights or, you know, slip down to Brunswick or Screven, but Screven got rained out, and, uh, and you know, I've never been out to Arizona. So uh, for me, it's... It's been pretty normal, but from the outside looking in, you know, seeing everybody else race, like you said, 30-something 30, 30 times already, and me hanging out, everybody's asking if I'm retired yet. <laughs> You're not, right? I just want to be clear. No, I'm not retired yet. <laughs> you know, Chris Madden told us at Speed Weeks that he thinks you, you have an advantage by taking time off. Other guys told us the opposite, that you have to race all the time to be good. What do you think is true? It just depends on what kind of program you're in. Um, you know, for me, I'm coming back this year with cars that I raced last year, with engine packages that I know, uh, shop package that I know. And, uh, you know, for me, I feel like it's an advantage because I actually got to go through my race cars uh, 
from I took both of my race cars down to bare chassis and uh, put new cockpits in them and started over and and you know go through every part and piece and and you know a lot of those guys that raced back in December January uh, even you know the end of November I don't feel like they done that and um, about the time that the big races roll around you know a lot of people are uh, worn out or you know their stuff's used up and not fresh and like I tell everybody by the time the show me in the dream 100 rolls around no one remembers what who won at speed weeks anyways <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point uh, I want you to sit back and evaluate Arizona and speed weeks for me and don't just give me the well you know Brandon Shepard's really struggling I know you can do better than that you're a student of this sport what did you see as a third-party observer who wasn't there what did you see about Arizona and speed weeks Arizona was more exciting than what anybody expected I think um, which Knowing Johnny Stokes uh, was up there prepping the track, we kind of should have knew we were going to have a a good good showing. But um, you know, one of the things that that I kind of noticed was Ricky Thornton's going to be a contender no matter what. Um, you know, he may have struggled at times, but just like any other big name, when he struggles one night, he doesn't let it let it affect his week. So, you know, he may have struggled at East Bay, but then he went and went won at Bubba. So that's something that. You know, guys like T-Mac and Davenport and all them guys have always been able to do. Um, and I think that it showed that, uh, you know, just because someone dominates, uh, and, and I'm not just saying Shepard, you know, J.D. kind of had his time where I think he struggled. Um, and he didn't really struggle. He was just not J.D., like the one that wins every – or in condition to win every night. Um, I think, you know, it just showed that the sport's – more competitive than it's ever been. And I, I think that it keeps on trending that way. And that's why we, we see new guys winning every week. You know, I, I am predicting, and, and Derek and I have been talking about this today on the show, Fergie, last thing I'll ask you, I think this is about to be the wildest year in our sport ever. The world is going to start opening up from this global pandemic more and more every month. There are more high paying races than ever before. There's new series, there's new people, there's new everything. Am I right about that? It feels like it's about to be freaking wild this year. What do you think? Oh, I think it's all come full circle. Um, I think we've all known how good our sport is for a long time. We knew how more exciting the World 100 was than the Daytona 500. And I think now that the platforms are out there for the whole world to see it, and, you know, I've got buddies of mine that, that race in Cup that's driving a dirt late model this year. and uh, it's just we're at a whole new level that I think that the sport's never been at. Um, I think we may have been close a few times, but I think we're we're on the horizon of um, taking a, a pretty giant leap uh, as far as not just one level, just local, regional, national races. We're going to be on a whole new platform that we've never been at, and I'm uh, I'm hoping to be one of those guys that benefits from it. Yeah, Fergie, I was going to ask you that. You mentioned earlier that you got the same race car engine and shock package you're used to. Great year last year, a lot of solid runs in the big crown jewels. Is this the year you finally break through and have a big season? Obviously, you've had regional and national wins before, but can you feel like maybe this could be the year where you punch through and just have a monster year? Yeah, this is, you know, I feel like I'm closer now than I've ever been. Um, so I think this is the year to do it. Uh, we're going to try to be smart with the way we race. 
And, you know, I know that if the Dream 100 or the World 100 or the North-South or any of those races that we were in the hunt last year, um, if, if there's a race that weekend before, you know, I don't race full-time and I don't have full-time crew. So if I need to take that weekend off beforehand, you know, to be ready and to be 100% when I go to those races, um, I feel like this could be the year. This is going to be the best year to do it. Uh, I don't feel like we're lacking anywhere. I feel like with my cars, my engine program, and I feel like I've, as a driver, I've, it's not that I've gotten any better or worse. I think I've matured more and I don't make as many stupid decisions behind the wheel. So I'm just hoping, uh, you know, for one of these big ones or multiple big ones, I'm in the hunt. And I think as long as you put yourself in the hunt, you can win one. So that's, that's the goal this year. This year, the goal is to get a crown jewel. Will he do it, Derek? Uh, what about the Prairie Dirt? Let's go, Fergie. You <laughs> name all these other crown jewels. Fergie, by the way, I I asked him, and I I, I go, will he do it? And he goes, yeah, uh, he kind of him hawed there oh, yeah, a little. What do, you, what do you think, Fergie? PDC. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's it's you know what? Like, I've always believed that if you can if you can top five crown jewels pretty regularly, eventually it'll happen. And I, I've seen people do that, so I'm hoping the odds fall in my favor one night. So, yeah, he's going to win one. Okay, there it is. You heard it there first. Fergie, I know you're busy, man. You're, you're working as we speak. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you Smoky next weekend. Is that right? Smoky and Cherokee next weekend? Yes, sir. And then um, then we're, we'll be in full effect after that. So I'm excited to get the year going finally. All right. Thanks, bud. Talk soon. Thank you all. All right, guys, I want to get to the The Kevin. funny thing is, though, he yeah. hasn't raced yet. He could still have 80 nights in. Oh, <laughs> this year it's without question he could have 80 nights in. I want to get to our Kevin Kovac. I usually have my, my paper. I don't have my paper today. My Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. Uh, first and foremost, we got to say this. Late model racing lost an absolute legend here this week. George's Mike Head passed away on Monday. And for the younger folks out there like Derek, who did not know him that well, Mike Head's orange number 54. It truly is, to me, Suave, one of the most iconic dirt late models of all time. Mike had 650 career feature wins. And I wanted to get a quote from somebody that knew him really well, and that was from Kelly Carlton. I said, Kelly, I know you loved Mike. Just, just give me something to say about Mike on the air because you knew him much better than I did. He said, Mike had a positive impact on nearly everyone who ever met him. His timeline was full of stories of his kindness and giving. He always helped others before he helped himself. He was one of the greatest people I ever knew. Mike Head, Derek, in that Orange 54. I want to make an appeal to people. If anybody out there has a Mike Head shirt, an orange with that orange 54, I would love to either buy it from you or borrow it from you. And I, I would wear a Mike Head shirt on night one of, of Castro Rolls Flow Racing Night in America. I, I would love to have a Mike Head shirt. Yeah, and then Joshua Joyner, he mentioned earlier, he has a great article and a piece on it. And yeah, I don't remember much of him racing, but reading this story, like Dale McDowell and Clint Smith of the world, just oh, remembering how much of a legend he was, it, that was like their, that was like turbos and... Bobby Pierce's like Dale McDowell's and yep. Jimmy Owens. So yeah. it's pretty cool to get their perspective on it, but it's very sad. You always hate to see losing somebody in uh, the late model world. So oh. our thoughts and to that family and life goes on, but it's a very tough day in the late model world. I will, uh, I will get back to the Thule thing in a second, DMAC. I'm going to do some other stuff first. Uh, Kevin gave me some other notes to work on. It's, it's good to mention, you know, Chris Dolak's cancer treatments appear to have been successful. Derek, Chris Dolak, a, a good friend of the program, works at World Racing Group. I, I've loved uh, CD, as I call him, for a long time. Um, so Dolak is doing better. And Wayne Castleberry with the Lucas Oil Series, you know, he just got uh, discharged from the hospital. 
<clears throat> who's battling COVID symptoms for a long time. Well, Derek, we can't knock Wayne or, or Dolak down. Those guys are just going to keep coming back. They're beasts. They just keep fighting and fighting. Uh, glad to see them both doing well, starting to get healthy. Great to see uh, Chris Dolak. Always great to talk to him at Volusia and Charlotte and then Wayne throughout the years. He's one of the first guys I've ever met at Dirt on Dirt at Florence. So great to see he's doing well, too. These statistics that Kovac put together. I want to run through some more Speed Week statistics as part of the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. Um, just Let's just go through these one by one, D-Mac. Uh, you throw them up there and I'll react to them. Speed Week stats there, top driver earnings. You know, Overton is the highest at 41000 Shepard's usually in the 60s, so that tells you just how non-dominant anyone that was. Money this was swap. spread out evenly. And you got to think, like, right? McCready wins 21 grand down there. What did it cost? Right? It has to just cost 19. I, I think over 21 is probably my guess. But those are your top 10 earners from Brandon Overton, number one, all the way to Tim McCready, number 10. Next up. Most top 10 finishes. No surprise, Derek. Brandon Overton was number one on the first list. Brandon Overton is number two on the second list. Tyler Bruning, though, is the one that really stood out to me, right? Seven top 10 finishes. Uh, the rest of the names on that list, not that big a surprise. But Ricky, Bobby Pierce wasn't even going to Speed Weeks. He had six top 10 finishes, Derek. He's in the top 10 on the list. Yeah, he uh, decided to come late at East Bay. And then he said he was leaving early. Then he had Volusia success and... All in all, he had a pretty good speed weeks when he was down there. Can you say Volusia success for me one more time? <laughs> I think I just had a stroke almost. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, Volusia success. I'm struggling today, too. Yeah, I'm a so. little rusty. Don't worry about it. Uh, next up, Dustin, is most top five finishes. Narrow it down, right, from top ten a little more. Uh, Devin Moran, Derek, a pretty commanding lead in most top five finishes. He's good at East Bay, not normally that good at Volusia. He had to have been pretty damn good at Volusia this year to get nine. Maybe this is showing me why my rant was wrong earlier. But average finish still, Herb has a higher one, yeah, but we're not going to go there. But Devin Moran, he's always been good at speed weeks. Let's see if he can continue it throughout the entire year. See, Moran number one at nine and a, a bevy of guys, five of them at number four. Uh, and I think there's, we got a few more here. Next up on the list is best average finish, Derek, which you used a lot. Hudson O'Neill, best average finish at 7.5. Sometimes, again, you'll see Brandon Shepard with, you know, a 4.4 on this list or a 3.8. When the best average finish is 7.5 for a guy, you know, Johnny Scott, by the way, 11.5 in the top 10. Johnny Scott, What's best Sheppy average say? Finish. Is it 9.4? Uh, yeah, Sheppy's is 9.4. Last year, he was 2.98. <laughs> Come on, Shep. But yeah, shout out to Hudson O'Neill. That was Todd Turner's number one driver thinking about it when we had a drive home one of the nights. And I think we have one more, DMAC. Is that correct? There is two more. Uh, laps led in feature events. No surprise. Brandon Overton with 80. Uh, Stormy Scott and Josh Richards, Derek, on that fateful night at East Bay when the track took rubber, both those guys capitalized and led 34. Now, Derek, who's that guy there, five, six, seven, in eighth there? The guy in eighth who led 37 laps. Now, what? That what was is the same guy that won by 15 seconds <laughs> last night. Uh, have you heard? He was a former guest on my show, uh, Kyle Larson. So McCarty, he doesn't get to just jump on the Larson Express now, right? He's all we over can't it. just allow him. He's all over it. Make a ruling on this, Dustin. Suddenly, now he's a big Larson guy. I guess so. Like, if you listen to the podcast, you'll tell the reasons. Uh, we had that little rivalry there. It wasn't because of us. I think our fans, late model fans and sprint car fans, just kind of. Vortex into something crazy. When he said our fans, I thought he meant Derek Kessinger fans no, no. and Kyle Larson fans. I mean, I have like, Suave Talk following. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. <laughs> would you say that you've been Larson's primary rival over the years, like over his historic well, racing career? I would think. Not Christopher I, Bell, but you. I would say me because he's dominated everybody he's went through. So, yeah. 
you fueled his fire <laughs> once he got in the late model. Yeah, you're welcome, Larson. So when you win big time paying races, I mean, did, he still hasn't but, won a big time. By race the way, yet. to Tyler Erb, when you guys, I haven't listened to the podcast yet. They both are with Caitlin's very beautiful Caitlin's. Did they discuss whose Caitlin was better? Did oh, that was those? one of Turbo's questions. <laughs> who's hotter? Oh God, did Larson answer? Think, or well, no? Larson said, "I don't know. I don't think we can judge that." But he says, "I think my Caitlin's more famous because she chugs beers." Good point. I think you should have answered that question. <laughs> That's a good point. McCarty. I said I plead the fifth. Uh, and is there one more, one more McCarty? Or yep, no? this yes. One. Uh, feature starts. Only two guys. Is that right? Only two guys in every single um, uh, one provisional used there for Kyle Bronson. Yeah, only two guys started all 16 races, and that looks like Kyle Bronson and uh, Brandon Shepard. I thought there was more than that. Am I wrong about that? No, I think there were some guys that started. Well, I mean, like Devin Moraine, he's made every single feature he entered, but he okay. didn't go to the first okay. two. Speed Weeks. That's pretty wild. 16 of them for Bronson and Shepard. Don't forget, next year, Lucas Oil Speed Weeks is even longer and Arizona's before. So a guy could conceivably have 29 races in by February 18th next year. And I think Brandon Shepard's going to be a guy on that list because he's going to take the family car to Arizona and then he's going to be in the Rocket House car. In, in we need to get back to Arizona, get his magic back. <sighs> yeah. All but right. it's whatever. It's uh, what it is. Go Eckert. He's on the list. Finally, uh, yeah, look at Rick Eckert. A shout-out to Scrub and uh, Tim McCready rounding out the list. That is it, correct, McCarty? Yes, it is. Okay, that is it. And one final shout-out that I wanted to give was our friends here. Put it up there. Bob Who are these two Andy. studs? <laughs> look at these two studs. Thank you to Mike and everybody at Tools, Auto, Sales, and Detail. Derek, we've never had the Dirt on Dirt van detailed, right? I've ne You know what? I've never had my car detailed in my entire life. So you would just life. like take it to somebody to vacuum it? Well, okay, you're way underselling the detail here. <laughs> Bub and Andy, those two did an amazing job. A detailing of a car is not just a vacuum. No, I'm saying that's what you did. Yes, correct, in the past. Yeah. I, I'm a, just, I know what a detail I, is. And I, and I didn't really realize how detailed it was. Bub and Andy from Tools, Auto, Sales, and Details in Pontiac, Illinois. Is that correct, that McCarty? That is correct. They're in Pontiac. Did an incredible job. Like, I got in there, holy shit, I thought it was a brand new car. It was so clean. And I, I literally, they did not ask me for this plug at all. I just wanted to give it to them because the van is so clean. And what you have to understand is when Derek and the hooligans have the van for the entire A lot of Wawa in there. How, Wawa, French fries, spills, yeah. disgustingness. How many French fries do you think those guys found? Uh, I would lot. say not many. Over under six and a half French fries take the over. They'll, uh, they'll like pull the seats completely out of the. Oh, vehicle. they did everything. The yeah. seats came out, the carpets came off. They'd like dive into the bowels of your car. So I want to thank Mike, Bub, Andy, everybody from, from uh, Tools, Auto Sales, and Details. Please, if you're in the Pontiac, Fairbury, Central Illinois area, go to Tools, Auto Sales, and Details, affordable rates, and a badass detailing for your car. Badass. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back next week. I believe it's either a video cast next week or a Rigsby report next week, or maybe both next week, Derek. We've got we'll to figure out who you're going to do first, okay? I, listen, you can't just throw Rigsby reports out there, right? These are intense, serious interviews that I don't I'm know. doing, okay? I mean, I kind of threw around, threw around mine this week. Well, I'm not asking second, Kyle Larson about, you know, chugging beers. I'm asking, you know, we, I'm getting in detail beers. with these people, you know? So, what about, um, hmm. Yeah, let's think about it real quick. On air, 20 seconds. Rigsby mm -hmm. Report guest mm -hmm. next week. I thought about Schrader. What about Stuhler? Yeah, that's not bad. I love Stuhler. I think Schrader, maybe. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I think Schrader. Kenny? Maybe. I think Schrader. All right, guys. That is all for this week. Derek Kessinger, Dustin McCarty, who is switching everything. Thank you so much, Kevin Kovac, Todd, and the entire uh, Dirt on Dirt team. We'll be back next week with either another video cast or a Rigsby Report or both. We'll see you then.